From the FID studios, I'm Rabbi Joshua Levine Grader, and you're listening to Stories from the Street. This is a podcast coming to you from Friends Indeed. We are a social service agency uh, in Pasadena. We provide supportive services to help our homeless and at-risk neighbors to rebuild their lives. And uh, we do this with compassion, connection, and dignity. I'm proud to be the executive director. So I want to share with you a story that came to us from a client that we were able to help. All names are uh, pseudonyms. But Phil first contacted Friends Indeed before the start of the pandemic in around February of 2020. He'd been laid off, was behind on the rent, and was due to attend court. Friends Indeed was able to advise him about the rent moratorium. The landlord was far from happy about the situation, but Phil was able to remain in the apartment through the summer. He found some part-time work and applied for various assistance programs, which would have enabled him to pay partial rent. But his landlord refused, saying all or nothing. The truth is, in this case, the landlord was not interested in working to solve the problem because what he really wanted was Phil to move out so that he could raise the rent. In October of 2020, Phil came back from doing his laundry to find a three-day eviction notice on his door. He said his heart dropped. His body started shaking. Again, he took the matter to court, appearing in court by phone, this time due to pandemic restrictions. His case was denied. Phil's original court date in the spring had been just two weeks too early to qualify him for the protection provided by the rent moratorium. Phil had to leave his apartment and sleep on his son's couch. He spent the next month sending out resumes and applications for apartments, receiving rejection after rejection. He got some temporary work, putting up election booths, but this was not enough to make landlords prepare to accept him. It was only after Friends Indeed pledged to help with rental assistance that a landlord, who already knew us by reputation, was prepared to take a chance. FID has pledged ongoing rent support, which will gradually decrease as Phil finds his feet. Phil told us that Friends Indeed has truly been a friend in need. So we're very proud that we can have a program that looks to help uh, people like Phil and many others. So I want to bring on our Eviction Prevention Rental Assistance, what we call EPRA, the program director, Ryan Greer, uh, to talk to him about uh, folks like Phil and other things that he can tell us about the current state of evictions and what we're looking at as we head into the new year. So, Ryan, great to have you here. We're catching up in uh, my office, so you might hear some background uh, noise, some traffic, but um, nice to see you. Thank you. It's good to be here. So I was thinking about, before we get into the details of eviction moratorium and the numbers and the programs, maybe just share a little bit about uh, the mindset of people. I told a story of Phil, and uh, but, you know... What are what are people feeling out there if you're if you're a renter? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd be happy to share a little bit about that. Um, I mean, it's, you know, everyone's situation is different, but I think more or less it's a stressful time to be, uh, to be renting in Pasadena these days. Um, you know, they, uh, rental prices continue to increase over the years, year over year. Um, I, I believe just this year is a, a about average of about 7% increase from rental prices from 2020 to 2021. So, you know, it's stressful when your wages aren't increasing at the same rate. Uh, for a lot of people, it's, it's just kind of living at that space where hoping that their car doesn't break down, hoping that, you know, one of their kids doesn't get sick, hoping that, uh, you know, they, they can maintain the work that they've got, something like that. So it's, uh, it's stressful. Yeah. And so I think it was pretty stressful before COVID. Mm -hmm. And so now, you know, when we, when this all started and, uh, it's became clear that people were going to be losing their jobs and, uh, losing hours and potentially, uh, not be able to pay their rent. Um, before, uh, you can remind us maybe did this eviction moratorium come in right away or was, uh, there a few months where people weren't sure how they were going to, what they were going to be facing in terms of their rent? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's such new territory for so many people, you know, for, for renters, of course, but also just for, um, you know, for the federal government in general and, and you know, for, for us as a nation trying to figure out, you know, what does this look like when you have so many people who lose work, so many people who get sick, so many people who um, are, are suddenly all needing uh, potential assistance all at the same time. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of trial and error. It's been a lot of um, you know trying to 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 work together and 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 try to uh, you know find find allies to uh, get assistance to people who need it. But um, you know, yeah, the the officially the the eviction moratorium uh, you know ended uh, at the end of September. Uh, there's been some extensions to that locally here in Pasadena. You know, I, I don't need to get into all the specific details unless you want to want to go there. But um, yeah, it's uh, I would say it's a lot of just kind of uh, day to day, week to week, trying to, uh, you know, figure out what new updates are happening, uh, where people are at um, and, and addressing the, the biggest issues first. So a, a lot of the work that I'm doing right now is just trying to to put out fires and kind of create a cushion uh, for for people who need help right away, you know. Sure. So when we look back when this started, the eviction moratorium, what was, what did people need to do, to qualify, or what was needed, to get into a place where your landlord wasn't going to evict you? Was it a blanket moratorium? Did you have to fill out paperwork? Were there things you had to do, throughout this, uh, moratorium time? Uh, you know, initially it was it was um, sort of this recognition that um, if if you had been impacted in any way by the, the COVID-19 pandemic, so if you had lost work, if you had been sick, if you had to stay home to take care of your kids, that, that meant you qualified. That meant that if you were unable to make payments uh, for any reason, you were protected under this, this moratorium. So that was a pretty, uh, a, a pretty blanket um, uh, uh, you know, a, a attempt to cover as many people as, as possible all, in, all in, in one go. And, and, and from there, it's kind of evolved a little bit. Um, as the moratorium, and, or I should say as the pandemic uh, stretched on, uh, then they instituted a couple additional measures of saying, okay, in order to continue qualifying for the moratorium or for the, for the eviction prevent protections, you, 
uh, needed to spend, uh, you needed to, to at least pay 25% of your total arrears. Um, so, so that was ongoing for a while. Um, initially, when, when federal assistance became available, it, it kind of stopped and started. There was a lot of funding that was available, and, and then it wasn't, wasn't all easily accessible. Um, initially, that was just going to cover a percentage. It was going to cover something like 80% of, of everything that was owed if, if property owners uh, agreed to forgive and uh, the, the other 20%, then they modified that and said, okay, we're just going to cover 100%. So there's been a lot of changes like that, but m more or less, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of stuck to that, uh, that initial assessment of saying, hey, if you've been impacted in any way by this pandemic, um, that, then, then you should qualify for uh, some sort of eviction prevention. Yeah. So I know that you've spent time like talking to people, even if we haven't been able to necessarily give them rental assistance because of this moratorium, but can you just share like how was that for people? Like uh, I imagine being under so much stress as it is and then having to sit on hold or f go through the different portals, like you were able yeah. to help people to do that or, or kind of walk them through? Or? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, you know, to be honest, I think that's, uh, that's, that's an area that I, I feel like, uh, you know, we here at, at Friends, of De Friends of Deed have, have done really well in terms of being able to um, kind of add a bit of a personal touch there. I, I've spoken to so many clients who, um, you know, they spend an entire day just just on the phone, just waiting, just being put on hold, being hung up, hung up on, uh, calling again, uh, those sorts of things. So it, I know it's a very frustrating process. And, and uh, you know, that's always been kind of a, a secondary goal of, of mine. I think that's part of the ethos of our organization is to, um, is to you know, add a bit of human kindness and compassion to the, the work that we do. But, um, but yeah, I, yeah I, I, I can't really paint it in, in any more of a, a kinder way than that. You know, for a lot of people, they're surprised to even get a call back because they just, they spend their whole week looking up numbers online, calling places, just hoping, fingers crossed, that, that they'll find somebody, uh, you know, who has some information, who can help them. Uh, so it's a lot of frustration, you know, uh, dealing with the people who are very skeptical, who are very unsure, um, you know, what's going to happen, what they need to do, but, um, but persevering through the midst of that. All right. So uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back a few more questions uh, for Ryan and also want to hear about uh, some folks that we've been able to help uh, through, this, through this difficult time. You're listening to Stories from the Street. We'll be right back. Friends Indeed is sponsored by the Amundsen Foundation. The Amundsen Foundation serves Los Angeles County by funding cultural projects in the arts and humanities, education at all levels, healthcare, programs related to homelessness and underserved populations, as well as a wide range of human services. By supporting nonprofit organizations that demonstrate sound fiscal management, efficient operation, and program integrity, the foundation strives to enhance the quality of life and cultural legacy of the Los Angeles community. Friends Indeed is incredibly grateful for the support of the Amundsen Foundation, and we thank them so very much. All right, so now moratorium ends. It uh, ended last, uh, you know, uh, beginning of October. 
And the program, this housing is key program, maybe you could just talk a little bit about the details of that and then how is it being implemented? And I, I talked earlier about, you know, I have some sympathy for landlords who have not been paid for all this time. Um, yeah. So just is everyone qualified uh, to have this happen? And as the moratorium has ended, how long does it, how long do you have to, to get told you're getting this before you can, like, can start evictions? Mm -hmm. But, you know, just something about we're hearing like it's the moratorium's over, but we're helping people, and um, you know what, what what's that looking like? Sure, yeah, those are all great questions, and I wish I had definitive answers to all of them. But uh, you know, a, a lot of it is just kind of um, hearsay, or, or um, you know, kind of in in the work that I've been doing, um, trying to trying to you know figure out where where things are going. So. It, and with regard to the housing is key, the, 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 the Federal California Emergency Rental Assistance Program has a lot of different names. Um, there's there's a, a large chunk of money, uh, it was about $5 billion that was available for uh, for California residents that's, that's still being worked through. I'm, I know they do have tracking websites. I haven't seen it recently in terms of uh, how much funding has been spent, but I, I know it still has a long, long way to go. Um, but that... That program, yeah, in, in terms of how long it takes, uh, you know, I've, I've heard stories. I've, I've worked with clients who applied for that program and uh, everything went smoothly and they got support within two weeks. Uh, you know, we're talking thousands of dollars, $6,000, $8,000, $10,000, which is incredible. It's incredible that, um, that the system could move that quickly and, and, and get that, you know, meet those needs effectively. But of course, I've also heard on the other side of that some horror stories of, uh, you know, people who applied back in March of this year, March 2021, and you know are still waiting six, seven, eight months later um, for for updates. Uh, you know, they they can log in, they can check their status, they can call a number, um, but but not getting anything definitive. So it's tricky. So you can you could have applied for this. Before the moratorium ended. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, this uh, this this program was um, was available. I'm, I I don't remember the exact date when uh, there there have been a couple of different iterations. I should say so. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. so people do did have applications that came in much earlier, mm -hmm. um, and and initially the plan was to get all those applications. Uh, addressed and and responded to before the moratorium ended, and obviously that hasn't happened. Um, you know, there's still much more to to much more work to be done on that front, which is why they've uh, you know why why there was an extension to the moratorium in the first place, and then now why there's still some some ambiguity, uh, some some further extensions on a on a citywide level in terms of uh, just trying to again buy more time, buy more time, um, you know, and and help the the staff who I'm sure are, are swamped and overwhelmed trying to process those applications, uh, you know, meet, meet every need. So it's, uh, it's a bit of the wild west at this point, but, uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, they're, they're doing the best we can and, uh, or best they can. And, and we're doing the best we can to kind of support them in that. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of stories from the street a podcast from Friends Indeed. 
If you want to learn more about the work that we do and how you might be able to support us, you can visit our website at friendsindeedpas.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, if you enjoyed this, please share it with family and friends. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. So hope to see you next time. I'm Rabbi Joshua Levine Grader. Thanks for being with us. Take care.